You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Welcome to the program, everybody. And today I have my guest with me, Buki Yusuf. Let me have a, dis- is it a disclaimer, a disclosure. Let me disclaim. Let me disclose. Buki is fabulous and she's my mentee. <laughs> All right. I'll just say it now. I've known her for years, been coaching her for years. She's my mentee. She's fabulous. But, Buki, tell everybody what you do for a living. Hi, everyone. Right. So, I'm a senior leader in charge of curriculum at a special school, which is also alternative provision and I do that on a part-time basis two days a week which is extremely rare very privileged to do that I'm a science teacher and I'm also an educational consultant so I support schools with their science development and or edtech edtech interesting I don't hear many people male or female who actually support schools of edtech just give us a snippet of what that's like what do you do when a school says I want a bit of support on the edtech so so what it basically look at and it, and it goes in various ways more with so like organizations and companies but for example i'll give an advice about maybe particular softwares they can actually use for science looking at ways they could actually improve their teaching and learning using you know maybe websites or applications depends on what they've actually got so i love to use tech anyway i've been loving i've been using it for years and years and years but what i like about tech is the fact that it enables you to do things that you wouldn't able to do so it could change the teaching or learning and you can also use it to save time and as a part of your time management system. So depending on what the schools need, and sometimes it could be on a one-to-one basis, it could be a departmental basis. I just give them advice about, you know, ways they could actually enhance the teaching and learning or effectively time manage whatever it is they're trying to do. Fantastic. All right. Prior to this session, I said to Bookie, come on, I want you to share brutally, honestly, with the listeners of this podcast, a mistake, a mishap and a triumph that you've experienced either personally or professionally, which just gives insight that we leaders are not numpty free. <laughs> okay. We engage in a numpty behaviour on a regular, but as we grow in leadership, hopefully we graduate from the University of Numptiness, you know, with our numpty masters. <laughs> and we don't engage any further. Right? <laughs> but on our way to getting our masters in numptiness, we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We have mishaps, but we do have some triumphs. So, booking. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Mistake, mishap or triumph? I'll start with mistakes and these will all be in a professional context. Okay, go on okay, then. So yeah, it's a part of my leadership development. So there are two mistakes I want to quickly share. The first one is many years ago when I worked with an organisation as a science consultant. I was very new, hadn't even been there for about four or five, only been there for about four or five months. And two things happened at the same time. So one of the schools had an offset inspection. So obviously how offset took place then was completely different, slightly different to what we, we have now. But also a very close family friend, father of a very close family friend died. And because he was a Muslim, it basically meant he literally died one day and a funeral was the, was the next. But we were told in my organization, we have to go in, even though we were consultants, we had to go in to support the school as we've been doing, but just to be on hand to make sure we could step in if anything was going wrong or just make sure that everything went well for the offset inspection, so to speak. 
but in coincided with my with my friend's funeral and I didn't I didn't challenge it I didn't say look but can I isn't it a way I didn't negotiate I didn't think to challenge I did I didn't do any of those things but can it carry the angst and annoyance in a way about myself and the situation within me so much so that about a week after my friend's dad's funeral I had a dream and in the dream I turned and said this is ridiculous this is so true in the dream I turned and said oh my God, I miss his funeral. Can we go back in time so I could make a different decision so I can actually attend? Because not attending really affected me so strongly. So, so that was what, that's one regret that I still carry with me today. The other regret... What, let me just, what would you have done differently? What did you want to do? Was it the not negotiating with us in a mistake? I think so, yeah. I think the not, not going negotiating... Oh, not going was a complete mistake as far as I was concerned. Okay. I, wanted to pay, I wanted to pay my last respects. Okay. really wanted to pay my last respects but also so that was one mistake but also the other mistake was not even negotiating you know not even like thinking okay half a day could it take off half a day could it take off an hour just I'm now very much solution focused I think I always have been but I wasn't as confident as I am now and mm. I should have thought there is a there can be a way of doing both of these things find it I didn't even think of that because I was just thinking oh I'm a newbie you know I want to make sure that I make a really good impression I don't want to rock the boat nah I just, I just wish I found a way and managed it one way of actually attending the funeral. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that's that. And the, the second one, this one thing I regret is about one of the students who was in my tutor group. So they would have been, he would have been in about, I think maybe year nine and things were not going well at home at all. There was a lot of changes within the family dynamic, you know, lots of angst and things like that. And we had, had to have a call school meeting with myself head of year and one of his parents and I knew that there had been things going on behind the scenes but when my student turned around and started basically telling off and cussing his mum I normally if it'd been me I would have just been you can't do that because they know my expectations you know you can't be rude to anyone else particularly not your your parent and things like that I said nothing expecting the head of year to say something the head of year said nothing. And I we can see where this is going. <laughs> exactly. And it just, it was just, the, the, you know, the, the, the moment passed where we could actually intervene. Yeah. And I just thought, God, Bookie, why didn't you say something for God's sake? Because he knew what my expectations were. And I think part of the reason why I regret it is the fact that he then really went off the tracks later on. And so there was lots of, lots of issues and also including mental health as well for him. And, you know, so sometimes when I think of him, I just wonder how is he, you know, what is he up to? I hope he's safe and well. I hope he's safe and well within himself. I do wish I'd said something at that moment in time. Yeah. So, and yeah. There's, there, is a, there is a certain level of courage, isn't there, where you've got to do it at that time. The moment doesn't come round again, isn't there? you just got to recognise this is a moment I've got to open my mouth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I've got to open yes. my mouth. And when those moments come around, I just think to myself, Diana, what's the worst that can happen? Are you going to die because of this situation? If not, then I trap back. If, if it doesn't, if it's not going to cause my death, then normally I'll be okay. You know, I might be slightly embarrassed. I might put my foot in it, but if I don't, what is the consequence for me or for someone else? You know, there are those just those key moments. You're right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that. So okay. going on to a mishap a now. Mishap. I You're laughing already. I can see I'm it. laughing already. No, you, you, cause you know, so basically the mishap is one particular role that I did where it started really well. The first, I'd say the first half term, I was loving it. It was great. I realize now it was very much the honeymoon period. And mm-hmm. also cynically, I think cynically, I think to myself, part of it, I think is 
is about people make things really nice and comfortable so that you think you you bypass the half term <laughs> resignation and <laughs> feel compelled to stay on because you've missed it. they sweeten the honey trap <laughs> and then you end up staying there for years <laughs> well i stayed there for 18 months in total but i stayed longer than i should have done so mm. things went off re- as i said started off really well and then but quickly became it wasn't great it wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't good at all and and long story short it's because of the fact that I recognized it was a wrong role mm. which I know knew in my heart of hearts and it was a wrong school definitely wrong school so much so that a lot of the students I taught science to they loved my teaching and they would be upfront with me they would say miss you know what you're a really good science teacher but we can see this is not the right school for you oh you've got students <laughs> If you've got students telling you, <laughs> wow, <laughs> and they would explain. So I'd be like, "What?" And explain. So if you had students who I love because I think they are so savvy, they really can see, they can cut through the BS. Mm. They know how it is, no matter who and what they are. If the students could recognise that, that said a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I was part of the mindset which has since rapidly changed and this school changed it for me where no matter what's going on no matter how things you know how how things get you stick it through you power through you stay for the students and all the rest of that and while I do believe that you stay for the students you do your best by the students while I do believe about resilience and actually powering through what I also recognize is being able to quickly discern when it's not when it's not good for you internally mm-hmm. you know it's the only role where my family that said to me after about I suppose maybe a couple of months of being there how soon are you going to be leaving this role that's the only job they've ever said that yeah, so there were lots wow. of signs so um so so it's even though it was a mishap I've learned a lot of lessons and it's made me even stronger I think as an individual as an educator and also as a leader because there are different things you can see but it's also made me aware of my boundaries within a within a school setting because I'd never experienced anything like this before and now I completely understand where some people say they've got extreme challenges within their school setting and they may not be able to get out because they're not in the right frame of mind to do something about it I get it now whereas before I was like well no you know surely 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 you know all these particular things you know in a slightly judgmental sense because I've never been through it before but now I do and I'm I'm wiser so Even though it was Experience a is a great teacher. Yeah, great learning points. Great yeah, learning points. Absolutely good. So we're left with a triumph. Bring it home. Take us to the yes, apex. Two triumphs. I want okay. to start from a whole school perspective first and Go then on, end with a with a classroom perspective. So the whole school perspective is one role where I I was I applied for and was successfully appointed to enhance the whole school teaching and learning through the use of tech ed tech. That's a okay. really grand title or role, shall I say, but I was a third person to try and implement it. (laughs) The poison chalice now passes to Bookie. (laughs) That's exactly what someone described it as. Oh, I think you're really brave to do this because I think it's a poison chalice. And that stopped me in my chat. I was like, what? (laughs) It was hard work, but it's found, and you know, there were lots of tears. So my first year actually was, you know, in it's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure what to do. And there was lots of tears and things like that. I did have external support from the IT provider at the time, provided an educational consultant to actually help implement it. And he was invaluable, I have to say. But the first year was actually just making sure that I was really clear about what the heck does this role mean? What am I meant to be doing? The second year was actually discerning, okay, making key decisions and putting systems in place. 
-hmm. And a third year was actually, you know, bringing home the rewards because it was three years of hard work. Looking back on it, I mean, it was hard looking Mm -hmm. back on it because I love EdTech. I loved it. I love the challenges, even though it, was, it didn't always feel great at the time. But that basically has given me a broader and wider understanding for strategic implementation of EdTech. And the advice that I now give to organisations and schools and individuals about using EdTech from different perspectives. So even though it was really hard learning, the triumphs of the school, I mean, it was great to see, you know, it was in 11 to 19 school to see different setups of, you know, technology with iPads and Chromebooks and people, you know, we had digital leaders, six form students advising others to how to use. Oh, it was, it was great. So well, that was sounds great. Tri- yeah, triumph. And the other triumph that I wanted to share is from a classroom perspective. So yeah. about maybe four or five years ago, I was teaching a set eight of eight GCC wow. science group. I even remember their code eleven XY eight. So a year eleven to eight of eight. Yes. The Ooh, I, Friday period the, six. I know ex- that kind of class. Exactly. <laughs> it was Friday period five. So imagine wow. teaching teach them Friday after lunch. Friday after. Um, oh my goodness. Fifteen to twenty students. Um, most, you know, they were, re- you know, renowned through the school for behaviour challenges and, you know, bunking mm. off school and all kinds of things. And I took them on in September. So I basically had nine months to put them into shape, whip them mm. into shape and get them to trust their GCCs. But the triumph is one of those students did. And pretty much every lesson I had to coax them to say, look, I know you don't like science. I know you find the hard work hard, but just do this. Just trust me, do this. And they used to do a little bit and it was about half path strops. Then they did it and we got there and they got a grade C. Oh. And they said to me that on the exam results day that they wouldn't be in the country. They would be you know, on holiday with their family. So they gave me permission to call them up and share what the results were, which I did. And what was so sweet is I said, you, you did it, you did it, you got the grade C. And they turned around and said, Miss, I think they made a mistake in marking my exams. I don't think I said, no, 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 don't you dare, don't you dare. Oh, no, you, you did. It's great, you deserve it. And that, it was so, it's such a triumphant moment to share that with a student because it very rarely happens in, you know, as I say, with students who are pretty much written off and because you've got good behaviour management booking and good rapport, you can deal with them. I thought, no, I have high expectations. I want yeah. you to try your best, do your best and see what happens. And yeah. so it was magical. Wow. So you were giving the class to basically babysit with, you know, I'm doing my little fingers around the commas around the edges there. Mm-hmm. Babysit, just, just babysitting for the year, but actually you got something out of them. Absolutely, yeah. I, yeah, and I've taken that motto with me, even though I work at a special school, no matter who you have, you can still have high expectations and they can still do well within their context. You just have to find the way that works and keep battling at it. And sometimes you are the one that provides the external motivation and the incentive mm. for them to do well. Because, you, you know, and I believe that. That's why I love teaching, as you can see, after yeah. all these years. <laughs> I told you she was fabulous, didn't I? Bookie Yusuf. <laughs> A fellow in the army of change. She is a fellow sergeant. I love her. Thank you so much. My love, if people want to engage with you, talk to you, get in touch with you, how can they do that? Okay, so there's different ways. So you can find me as Bookie Yusuf on LinkedIn. I'm quite proactive on there. Twitter is my favourite platform. And my Twitter handle is at Rondell10 underscore b and in case people are wondering what the heck does that name mean (laughs) i love i make i love making jewelry and rondelle is a type of jewelry bead so that's where that came from okay rondelle r-o-n-d-e-l-l-e yes yes rondelle 
Let me see if I can write at Rondell. At oh. Rondell, so R O N for November, D E double L E one zero underscore B, Rondell ten underscore B on Twitter. If you want to hook up with Bookie Yusuf, talk about EdTech or anything else, you know where to find her. Can I say thank you? Of course I can. I'm hugging you through the Zoom. <laughs> and I'm likewise, Diana. So it's been hugs. great. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Oh, gosh, guys, I look forward to seeing you again on next episode. You'll be with us. Thank you. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast, with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.